I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time. I'm Sam Van Heron, assistant editor at TFS and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I am your guest, who has got a diverse and interesting career. Uh, we're working through his films in chronological order. Uh, on this episode, we'll be discussing Thumbsucker. I'm happy to welcome back Rob Dean to discuss the indie comedy drama. How's it going, Rob? Hey, thanks so much for having me back, and it's going all right. Ready to talk about some... Uh early 21st century dramedy fun yeah uh so this one is uh a movie i had i had heard about it a lot when it came out uh and then i kind of feel like i kind of stopped hearing about it after a while <laughs> uh it was one of those ones where like everyone was talking about and then kind of like no one was talking about uh but it's interesting it's uh so i had never seen it uh you had had you seen it before i did i actually had a weird history with this movie which is that um I was living in New York at the time when it came out, and they kept doing preview screenings. Mm-hmm. And like, due to weird circumstances where like I was trying to go with friends, and then I would get in, but then my friends wouldn't. Like that mm-hmm. happened uh, twice. I went to two different preview screens, and like it still didn't work out. I had to like leave, even <laughs> though I got in. And then eventually went when it came out. And so I was like, I feel like I'm either like I'm gonna love this movie because I have to, because I feel like it was all worth it, or I'm like just gonna have like all these negative feelings built up over him like that was terrible but as it stands it's like i was like oh that's okay yeah it, so it's <laughs> uh it's one of those move uh it's it's very you know it feels like a lot of uh <laughs> early you know late 90s early thousands uh-huh. uh indie dramas but in Absolutely. some way i think it's uh written and directed by mike mills who went on to do uh the uh, beginners and 20th century women which are both very good films and i feel mm-hmm. like this is almost it's so the hook is, you know, that it's a teenage kid who still sucks his thumb. And I was honestly expecting it to be a little bit, uh, like a, one of those movies that's just weird for the sake of weird, but it doesn't, it's yeah. not, I don't think that's the case here. I don't know. It, it's not, I don't think it's entirely successful, but in the, it's, in the ways that it is, it's clear that he was going to the place where he could deliver such like one of the, one of my favorite movies of recent years, uh, in 20th century women. So, mm-hmm. uh, definitely an interesting voice. It's one of those things where, I think it works better because of who these a- these actors do a good job, uh, and he, you know, again, like his voice is clear even if it wasn't uh, fully focused in this one. But yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's also there's this weird niche in indie films, especially like dramedies or whatever, which is the coming of age story, mm-hmm. which Thumbsucker very much is, even though it's like he's a seventeen, eighteen year old, um, and it's about that. But there is like this weird thing where everyone kind of trying to like talks about the world at large through right. the eyes of someone coming of age. And so right. like that's every, very much like one every, of these. Yeah. Like every conversation is like this big philosophical, like philosophical <laughs> thing about like 
So, uh, life is weird, huh? Like, we're all kind of <laughs> fucked up, right? Aren't we? Like, <laughs> like almost every conversation is like that. Yeah, it's like, you don't think I had dreams? Like, yes, we know everyone has dreams. Like, everyone has aspirations. <laughs> Comes up often in a lot of these movies, too. Right. Uh, yeah, so the uh, opening, I mean, the opening is well done. It's like, you know, it just kind of gets you into the, uh, it's this kid who sucks his thumb. He's got parents that he does, has weird relationships, relationships with. Uh, but again, it's like, I honestly half expected it to keep going, like, go really dark or really, gr- mm-hmm. like, you know, really upsetting, but it really doesn't do that. It's very much kind of, every, when, you, when you expect it to do that, it kind of goes the opposite direction, which yeah. uh, I think made me like it a little more than I was expecting to, but, uh, I mean, it's these opening scenes with, uh, set to a song, uh, so, this is, is this an Elliot Smith song, one of his, or is it, because Elliot Not- Smith made some songs mm-hmm. for the movie, but he died before he could finish. Like originally it was supposed to be one of those movies where like every scene was set to an Elliot Smith song, but um, I'm not sure. No, the first one, the opening is uh, still polyphonic spree. Okay. Which did the music for the bulk of it. Sure. Um, Elliot Smith was, yes, supposed to do all covers and only three, I think made it like trouble um, 13 trouble by um, Cass Stevens, Yusuf Aslam. And then, uh, 13 by Big Star, and I forget what the third one is, but there's one more, I believe, that he did. Or at least one more Elliot Smith on the, on the soundtrack. Right. Uh, yeah, so it, it's interesting. Yeah, like, it was going to be almost like, yeah, where every song was going to be a cover. Um, and, yeah, so, but instead, so, yeah, it's, uh, then, polyph- then that Polyphonic Spree came on uh, to finish off the soundtrack. and uh, But, yeah, so it's set to that song, and it's, you know, it does a good job of, Establishing these characters and that, you know, like without any dialogue and uh, just, I mean, this is a great cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou Pucci is the star. This is one of his first roles. And uh, but then also, just, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, Tilda Swinton, uh, Keanu Reeves, obviously, Benjamin mm-hmm. Bratt. Uh, and I feel like this movie's made by those performances. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, so basically, he, uh, Justin's living with his. Uh, father Mike and his mother Audrey, who he calls by his first names because it's an indie drama, uh, <laughs> and uh, his brother Joel. Uh, and based on the, it's clear based on the title that he still sucks his thumb. Uh, and I thought again, I, based on what I heard about it, and just based on I remember the trailer when it first came out, I thought this was going to be a movie that was going to go to much darker, weirder places than it, it sure. actually did. Yeah, no, it definitely like has the possibility of being like this weird thing about formative experiences or even being like a, like a weird harmony corinne-esque type thing where mm-hmm. all of a sudden like he's gotta suck on something or whatever weirdness You're like oh god no but instead it's like actually it's just like i'm just trying to see where i fit in like oh, okay right i was almost <laughs> expecting like a almost not not maybe maybe not a full-on todd salon's movie but almost you know almost <laughs> maybe that yeah. like yeah but no it's much more interested in just uh it's a way to explore other things and it's more just about it's an easy way to tap it like it's weird that he still sucks his thumb but at the same time it's like everyone's got weird shit is basically what the movie's <laughs> about and it's it's much more grounded and human than i was expecting and made me uh, appreciate it more than i honestly thought i would but yeah uh but it does have it just if it, it, you can't blame me that i thought that it was going to go to those weird places because it definitely has that set up with like definitely. uh her tr- like his mom trying to win a date with a celebrity on a cereal box like that's I mean that's this that's a stereotypical uh, indie weirdness setup that you can get. <laughs> We've uh, all had that experience. I think we can all identify with our moms trying to win dates with a TV star 
because the TV, yeah, because cop TV stars have dates to. It's one of the day with Pat <laughs> <Exactly>. Hamilton. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and uh, so then uh, so it's yeah, basically Justin's he's just a normal shy seventeen uh, year old who happens to still suck his thumb, uh, and his dad's really upset by this this fact, uh, mm-hmm. and it's. Like I, I don't know. It's it's uh, D'Onofrio again does a really great job here. It's uh, it's not again. It's not. There's nothing uh, over really over the top here. Like it's not like he's an active. You know, another movie where basically like he's actively beating his son, but he's more just emotionally distant and uh, maybe a little bit abuse like uh, neglectful or something. But he's not. Yeah. He's not an active like uh, monster, which I. Yeah, no, it's mostly he just doesn't know how to talk to his son and therefore chooses not to. It's like, well, I don't know. Like, there might be some, like, resentment later in the movie, but for the most part, he's just like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to communicate with people, so I'm just going to not do that. I'm like, oh. Right, which is kind of what the message, which is kind of what the theme of the movie is at the the heart of it. It's like, everyone's weird, everyone's got their weird shit, but, like, that doesn't make them bad people and, like, the... uh, so yeah, uh, Justin uh, is in debate class. Has his cr- basically just in debate class because he has a crush on this girl, uh, and like, uh, oh yeah, and then Vince Vaughn is his teacher. Uh, and did yeah, you see that scene- was originally supposed to be Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> oh really? That's a completely different. That would be the exact opposite vibe. But okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't I mean, know that until I looked it up, and I was like, "What the?" It would literally complete. It completely change the character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Uh, and then uh, he basically so like he, he just agrees with like his he's supposed to be debating this girl but he has a crush on her so he just says no I agree with her because I like animals and like the <laughs> uh, and then uh, Vince Vaughn basically his teacher embarrasses him in front of him like look we know you like her but do that at recess because uh, yeah. high school has recess um, as we all know but uh, yeah and then so he embarrassed here and then this is uh, where it shows that he uh, sucks his thumb when something bad basically just you know it's like he's still that uh, it's just still a thing he does when he's upset or thinking about something or uh, even turned on like he's just going to be it's, it's just something he does uh, yeah. and it's like uh, again uh, there are a couple weird dream sequences but again I, it never went to the weird place that I expected it to uh, in the end it's uh, yeah, it just kind of ends up staying on the more Grounded level than I expected, but yeah, and then basically you just have like these three characters, one of which we'll get to in a bit, um, who are constantly just like changing throughout. So we have the lead character Justin, Lieutenant Pucci, who is going through all these changes, and we understand, you know, since he's our POV character, we understand his motivations and what he's trying mm-hmm. to do and all this other stuff. And then you have uh, Kelly Garner's character, uh, that the one he has a crush on, yeah, Rebecca, yeah, Rebecca, yeah, and then she keeps like going through her own changes and change like in her social uh what she's interested in and stuff and then we have the main man himself who also um is going through change so it's kind of basically showing like these three parallels of people who are still trying to find their way in the world and also i mean that extends to other characters too but those are like the three tracks where every time we kind of check in on these characters uh they're like well this is what i'm about now and you're like what that wasn't you've changed so much right uh and he so yeah then enter keanu as uh his orthodontist where it's basically, which is an interesting, you know, like he had to have braces because he sucked his thumb all the time when he was a kid, and so like this is, but he's basically the only person besides his family that knows 
about <laughs> this thing that he does, that is this addiction that he has. Right. And like, so Keanu's kind of his, as everyone's most trusted mentor is, is their orthodontist. Yep. Uh, but uh, again, this this is a perfect Keanu role. Like, I'm sure mm-hmm. Mike Mills wrote this for Keanu. Like, it's I, I don't see anyone else being able to play that character. Uh, and I, I like how so basically he's his like hippie new age orthodontist as you as you normally get. Uh, <laughs> but he basically you know and talks again another one of those things where the com- first conversation they have is about subconscious and how mm. we do things that we don't know that we're not aware of and. Uh, yeah, what do you think about Keanu in this film? Um, it was probably one of the first times I was like consciously aware of his strengths as an actor. Like, obviously, I liked him in Bill and Ted and Matrix and a bunch of other Point Break, a bunch of other movies. But this time, I was like, actually, they're, like they're using like what we think of like his persona to kind of like upend it, like as he goes through the different progressions. Mm-hmm. And that also made me like kind of like retroactively realize like why I still think one of his best casting of all times is um, <clears throat> sorry, is uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Mm-hmm. Because it's Kath Branagh being like, you know what the Shakespeare crowd is going to hate? Keanu Reeves. So I'm going to put him as the villain. Like, yeah, that's brilliant. Right. So then, like, Mike Mills comes along and is like, oh, I need someone that needs, seems like well intentioned, but like kind of hippy dippy, but also has possibility for something else. Mm-hmm. And so Keanu, I thought it was like perfect and legitimately made the movie. Like, anytime I would talk about the movie, I would always mention how great I thought Keanu Reeves was. And I'd be like, it's like pretty good. It has this part, some good songs here, but like, Keanu Reeves is amazing in it. Well, yeah, I mean, it, and it, every time the movie starts to kind of lose track of what it's trying to say, even mm-hmm. when, I, I like appreciate, I appreciate everything it's trying to say, and I appreciate the uh, humanity of it, but it does get a little, it's a little unfold, it's very clearly a first narrative uh, feature, yeah. and, but it like, but whenever it starts running off the rails a little bit, there's a scene with Keanu that pulls it back together. Totally does, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, he, Keanu, you know, so he has this discussion with them, and makes basically every conversation he has has Justin thinking about life in a different way. Uh, and so at dinner, he uh, tells his parent, you know, his uh, mom tells him that he should apply to a school nearby because his grades are bad. And like, but she's like doing it nicely, you know, in, in a typical mm-hmm. mom way of like telling you the way it is, but also not really telling you everything, you know, like, yeah. just, and, but he, he gets upset. And then again, starts sucking his thumb. Uh, but honestly, yeah, like, it's called Thumbsucker, and he does indeed suck his thumb on, in, throughout the movie, but I thought it was going to, again, it was much less weird and much less, he was, yeah. he sucked it a lot less than I thought he would, let's say that. Yeah, well, it also becomes less, like, you assume with a title like that, and the basic, um, like, graphics of, like, the poster and everything was always, like, was a lot of imagery of him sucking his thumb, or, like, a picture of, like, of a thumb or something like that. Right. It's like, oh, this is going to be, like, a huge thing. It's like, no, it's just... It's a side effect of this compulsion of his anxiety, of, you know, his insecurities and stuff. So it isn't, like, about the literal act itself or anything. It's just that becomes, like, the uh, the easy through-line symbol of of the movie itself. And then, right. And, like... So, yeah. Yeah, and, like, every, and every character has that in this movie. Like, exactly. His, mom, his mom's thumb-sucking is uh, fawning over this TV actor. And his dad's is uh, that he, like, just... Uh, just kind of, it's almost the thumbs sucking himself, like the way, like trying to get his son to not do that, and like, or just, or even just like you said earlier, where it's he doesn't know how to interact with his son, so he just uh, doesn't, and like focus. He thinks that if I can get him to stop sucking his thumb, then that'll be the that'll fix him. Um, right. 
then he but, did not make the mistakes I made, etc. Right. Et uh, yeah, and and then there's this one scene which again made me think that it was going to get go to weirder places where he where his mom takes him dress shopping, but it's really not. Yeah, it's not really weird. It's more just she wants to have a time with her son that she that he, that she knows is growing apart, and again, it makes sense at the end where. Uh, there's parts where the movie teases that like, oh, maybe she's uh, having an affair, but it's mm-hmm. really never that. It's there's never an easy answer. And that's kind of the point of the movie where they keep it. It almost it upends those uh, tropes of the, this kind of film where it's basically like, no, everything's not some weird. There's not some easy explanation for everything. It's basically we're humans. We deal with shit, and we're never going to know anything. Uh, and it's uh, but yeah. So that scene is just. Uh, Tilda Swinton's really good in this, and I, I mean, she's she's good in everything. But yeah, uh, I like her in roles like this, where she doesn't play as often. There's these norm, just these, uh, just normal kind of just regular folk, midwestern folk. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, or where does it, this California? I never really picked up it's on Oregon. Race. Oregon, that's right. Uh, yeah, so Pacific <clears throat> Northwest. Uh, yeah, and then another part about uh, Vincent Offrey that I like. Um, or rather that I thought was really funny was that um so there's a race coming up in the town mm-hmm. and every year Keanu Reeves wins this race. It's like a six five K, six K. And then Keanu Reeves is always like, I know your dad to Justin. He basically tells Justin, I know your dad gets mad that I beat him every time. And I was like, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio how's Vincent D'Onofrio coming in second to Keanu Reeves? I was like <laughs> like I'm not saying that Vincent D'Onofrio he's just built differently than Keanu right. Keanu Reeves is kinda of built like a runner is basically my point. And this also kind of comes into why it became part of my life because around this time, again, like this came out like 2005, right? Or something like that. So I yep. was, it was like, I was living in New York. And then one night I came home from a bar and I lived in the East Village. And um, I look over and there's like this like burly, uh, big dude who looks like really slovenly and like mm-hmm. he's like in like tattered, like, coat but like looks like heavy set and stuff like that and it's just enjoying a slice of pizza it's really late i'm just like man i'm glad you know that oh good that like homeless guy got a slice of pizza that's nice you know the world kind of works out and then i look closer i'm like yeah that's definitely vincent d'onofrio <laughs> <laughs> so this moment, so basically my point is like i saw that movie and i was like he's not running like he's not <laughs> like, the idea of yeah. him doing like this 5k stuff was like all right and it was like a photo it was almost like a photo finish thing, yeah exactly. was like oh, that that close to each other uh, but yeah, that's but it's funny. Like the uh, he's like uh, you know his, his dad's like she's uh, like it's just like it's just fun and games. But then his dad's clearly like completely pissed off that he lost. In yeah, this exactly. Race. And, but uh, it's good to see uh, D'Onofrio and Keanu Reeves, in a, even though they're never on screen together, in a movie that's not horrible. Uh, yeah, as sweet. Uh, Feeling Minnesota, so it's good to see them in that. Even though <laughs> we've repounded and they ever talked about it, and like we don't talk about that here. No, no, <laughs> it's awful. All right, uh, so uh, he Justin starts, uh, you know, sucking his thumb or st- stop uh, that his dad uh, like writes his initials on his thumb as a way to stop him doing it. Which I don't know why that would work, but all right. Uh, but then it comes up where so this girl he starts. Getting closer to this girl, uh, and then uh, they're making out, and she sees that uh, that you know the initials on his thumb, and asks what it's about, and you know he won't tell her because it's embarrassing. He's embarrassed by this thing that he does, and uh, but she like you know doesn't want to be with him anymore because he's not open, uh, and then 
So that convinces him that he needs to try to stop, uh, finally. And so, of course, he goes to his orthodontist to get him to do it. Uh, although he doesn't really... No, he doesn't do... He's just visiting him again, and then he says, like, Hey, do you want to get hypnotized? Yeah. He's like, how about, you f- how about we try hypnosis, Justin? Sure. I don't see why not. Uh, you know a lot of stuff for the dentist. Fair enough. Right. So uh, Dr. Perry uh, hypnotizes him. Uh, and then there's a scene talk about power animal, which they kind of abandon, which is a thing they kind of abandon for the rest of the movie. I mean, they like, I kept expecting, again, I thought at some point there was going to be a weird scene with the talking deer, but yeah. no such luck. Um, well, it kind of comes back to at the very end because whatever done oh yeah but like basically when they talk about like everyone's kind of afraid and it's like yeah like that's like what you think of like a deer you think of like like a cute animal but it's also it's like constantly afraid and like hunted by everything right uh and so like yeah like it basically like becomes like they don't directly mention but yeah he basically justin's like my spirit animal is a deer that's all you need to know about that yeah that's the end of that but then i knew yeah there's a line which we'll talk about in a bit there's a line that brings that back a little bit but but uh, that's it though like that's that's what that scene is for. Yeah. It's just that one line. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and his, uh, and then he's like, yeah. As he, uh, he says, you know, he's, as he's leaving, he says like that. Now his thumb will taste like echinacea, so that he won't mm-hmm. want to do it anymore. Um, and it works. And uh, but there's there's a funny scene where, or funny part where, as he's leaving, he's like, "What's your power animal?" Uh, that's that's private, but he's got wolves yeah. everywhere in his office. <laughs> Uh, he's got like wolves literally everywhere. Just images, pictures of wolves constantly. Like, yeah. he's, always, he's like, oh, I don't really want to talk wolf. about that. <laughs> uh, and uh, so yeah, he it works. Uh, it doesn't suck his thumb anymore, but he starts to spiral out of control. Um, and although it's not, I mean, they say that he's spiraling, but it's really just like he's a little uncomfortable in one scene and that's yeah i guess supposed to be spiraling but yeah it's a lot of like you're out of control it's like he's like it's upset at dinner and he gets upset at class everyone's like i don't know what to do with this kid like, i don't know everyone has off days yeah and he like and then he uh so he's mad at perry for uh thinking that he fucked him up uh, so he convinces yeah. his brother to they like make some giant blow up pictures of wolves or <laughs> steal them from his office it's unclear anyway but and draw x's on them and that's going to really fuck with this guy. Um, and then, so they like run in during one of his bike races and then he crashes and then we don't see Keanu again for many, like half the movie. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but it's, it's a funny, it's funny. It's we- like, it's they, and then they get arrested for doing that. Uh, and now it's like, okay, now you have ADHD. So let's get, let's get you on some drugs. My um, God, was this an issue in the early 21st century, late nineties? It was like everything, like almost any like indie movie about teens or kids, any book that had to do with like teens or kids, anything always had to do like Ritalin came up or you know, yep. like any sort of psychiatric drug or ADHD drug or anything was like such a talking point. Like, it, like you had to address it almost. And it's like, what? Why? And it's like this real fear. And it was always like, like this over, here. Yeah, are like, we over medicating kids? We're not medicating yeah. kids enough. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, everyone took like a cue from Prozac Nation. It was like, well, now look what we're doing to children. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying one way or the other way. Not it's being overprescribed. I'm just saying like it was like a real thing that everyone had to talk about for like a decade. Right. <laughs> like in movies and in books and stuff. You're like, all right. Yeah. So now, yeah, watching it now, yeah, it feels a little bigger at the time. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely everyone was talking about it, so it makes sense that it's in there. But yeah, it's uh, and then. Uh, so, 
the drugs work a little bit, I guess. Like, it makes him more focused, and then suddenly he's a good student now. Uh, he reads Moby Dick in one sitting. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Like, <laughs> I don't... Okay, I guess that makes you means you're focused, but... Well, the other part I didn't get is, is this supposed to be like a security, like a, not security, uh, like a magic feather in Dumbo type situation? Where like, it's really like, it's not a placebo, obviously, but it's like with him, like thinking that it helps that he's now able to adopt that. Cause like, yeah. it'll make me confident. Cause it doesn't like that stuff doesn't make you more confident. Like that's an act. That's not, that's no. an inaccuracy. <laughs> like that's not how that works. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, it does make you focus, but it doesn't suddenly make you good at do it you know like yeah <laughs> uh, doesn't make you suddenly great at being a debater like, or be yeah. or become really confident like that's not how it works uh if anything i would think it would make you less confident i don't know but i'm not well, a, i guess because they also point out that it's just like cocaine so it's like all right so this is three molecules away from cocaine which is a thing that again they say they said all the time back that like i think they yeah, still exactly. say that now but like okay that doesn't what is, what does that matter? Whatever. Okay. We're not that far from chimps, like DNA wise. Like, what? None of these things have any. <laughs> they don't mean anything. You're just saying yeah, exactly. it because it's true. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's great at. Uh, but there is a funny where he like. Uh, so he's great at debate now, um, but then also uh, his quote: "The girl that he liked is now quitting the debate team." And uh, like you said, she's changing now. She's becoming kind of like a stoner now. Um, yeah. Even though he said that she she hates stoners, uh, <laughs> who hates but, stoners in high school? They're lovable lot, of course. Uh, and <laughs> so, uh, but then like there's a part there's a scene where I started to be good at debate, and his his dad's like, it was easier when he was a fuck when he fucked up everything. Like it was easier to be his dad when I was embarrassed by him. Now yeah. that he's doing well, it's like he's making me look bad. Uh, but like again, again, it kind of expected me to go to a place where he was gonna become like a horrible father but a horrible monster but that never happens in this which is right or like cut off his thumbs or something right now why are you gonna talk like ah uh and so the uh justin convinces uh or they go to the the debate team does really well they go to meet out of town uh he convinces did you do debate in high school or middle school or anything you ever do debate me Uh, no i did not did you neither did i but i was like is this what it actually is because it's just it's like not facts. It's just people. It's the thing from like "Thank You for Smoking," which is like as long as I win over like people's opinions, or like I switch the topic, then I win. Well, I mean that's what it is in this, like where it's like literally just like, oh, I'm I'm very I'm going to say lots of progressive things very ang- very loudly over this person. That's be <laughs> yeah. But I, I I think it's a lot more. It is more fact based and real. And I would assume so, but it's just one of the things I was always worried. I was like. <laughs> They just teaching you like how to like to talk your way out of something without actually talking about something. Yeah, I think it's, it's just, just a way to like it's just a way to show that he's now more confident and stuff and like right, the, yeah, uh, that he's becoming a normal like that he's <laughs> uh, you know that he's good at something and that he doesn't suck a thumb. He's not weird, so everything should be fine now. Um, Everything's coming up, Justin. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then they go to uh, debate out of town, and he convinces his teacher to. Let him stay in the girls' room while they're. Cause it's, it's funny that this debate team is literally just him and three girls. Like that's that's the entire debate team in this school. Yeah, um, it's a small town. I guess that's fine. But uh, and then uh, they get drunk and this, you know. But it, it kept again. Every time I thought it was going to go some really dark and real place, like where someone's going to die or someone's going to get assaulted or something, it, it never does. And it's just just a normal. What happens when teens get drunk? They cause too much noise, and that's it. 
Yeah. Yeah, and also Vince Vaughn buys them the beer. Right, has, I don't think has, this is a good idea. I think you should study. Nope, here's a six-pack. <laughs> yeah, we're having fun. And well, the idea is like Justin has become so persuasive and manipulative and confident in what he's doing that he's able to now. So that's how he attacks like his dad and his mom or he manipulates and talks to his dad and his mom and the coach and everyone around him. And then they now become like targets around him more than actual, actual people for him to interact with. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of hints at the, I think uh, the problems with this movie is that like it, it sets up these things, but then really doesn't like deliver on all of them. Like it, you know, it's right or like, uh, like it. It doesn't. I don't know how much it is successful in really getting into these things that it's presenting. Like it, it shows him, yeah, that he's good at debate, but like, what does that? And like, they're even, he's even saying some political stuff in these debates, and it's like, but it's not really making those points. It's kind of just, I don't know. It feels like some ideas are introduced and kind of. Uh, they just don't really go anywhere. Uh, yeah, there's not like a lot of depth in any of these things. It's just more about. It seems it's um, just like uh, very optic elements of it that are being adopted to be then used to show like Justin's transformation or like we know where we started. Now we went to this area for a little bit. So it's like it's never really exploring what it means for him to do this. It's more just like that's a way station for us to eventually get to the next place and so on and so forth. Right. And I, I don't, I, it doesn't make it a bad film. It's just that it's like, no, but it's, it's just, very, there's a lack of that connection, I think. Right. Yeah. And I think in the end, the, the, which we'll get to, uh, as the ending comes, but that I think it, in the end, it does make, it, it makes me, I do like this movie, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's, I don't think it's, I think it makes sense why I hadn't heard about it in a while. Uh, yeah. When I started doing this podcast is that it kind of like, it doesn't do anything bad or amazing you know it's kind of yeah. just it's good for it's what fine. it is and it yeah <laughs> like it's, it's a fine movie You're like yeah it's fine it's not bad like you would film saying it and be like oh god good luck i'd be like no it's has some good party can't raise his grade in it like that would be like my line about it and that's about it right it, it's not it's neither that's why it's it's a little easy to not uh i don't want to say forgettable but it's still it's like it's not it's not either the worst thing ever like one of the you know one of those mm-hmm. horrible indie dramas that Everyone talks right. about how, like, this is what you should not do, but it's also not, like, a groundbreaking, uh, you know, film either. Like an but undiscovered gem or something. Yeah, no. no, it's just, like... And also, all the issues I think we've found so far, or we've talked about so far, are stuff that, like, Mike Mills directly addresses or, like, figured out in Beginners. Right. And certainly by 20th Century Woman. But in Beginners, like, a lot of, like, those little elements that are symbolic of greater issues, like, he actually, like fleshes out like you know dealing with like the album art cover that um you mcgregor's character is working on and stuff like that so i think there is i do think like this was like you know a first time narrative him trying to say a bunch and then and like the stuff that probably has the greatest death is probably the stuff that is most biographical like having you know oddly progressive slash casual parents right which we know mills did from beginners and 20th century women um yeah, it's one of those movies like where, of... like, yeah, the the parts where uh, the parts that work so well are the the humanness of it and the which is stuff that he's again was able to uh, fill the movie with and bring them in his later movie. So it's uh, it's he's not, which is actually kind of interesting. You know, not, some directors, yeah, get one of their best films ever is their first one, but some people just mm-hmm. you know that's not always the case. And it's so it's you can definitely see that his strengths that he taps into in the you know, his later masterpieces that are like, I can see where I'm glad he got this out of his system yeah. that he could then, you know, do, uh, still, you can still feel that, feel that voice and hear that, uh, you know, his worldview and, 
it's 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 what makes me that I did enjoy the film in the end. Um, but yeah, yeah. So they go to uh, so now Justin runs into or he sees that um, that celebrity that her that his mom is trying to run a date with uh, is in rehab, and then of course his mom gets a job at that rehab center. But he thinks it's because that like that she wants to sleep with this guy, but it's really that's not the case, and so. Um, but like that's what he thinks and there, so there's a part where the movie where he just thinks like oh my dad's horrible and my mom's a cheater and like that's but then um, and, and then, that leads him to apply to NYU right uh, so while he's going through this he runs into Perry again uh, who's now not a hippie anymore kind um, of a yuppie attempt like he has he uses like he's the type of person that have a bunch of like successories posters in his new office i would guess yeah or uh yeah cat posters or uh <laughs> or uh no what like uh teamwork uh exactly yeah. those things exactly that it was like teamwork is just like vision means execution of you know like, all right right <laughs> <laughs> uh and that so this scene is like him talking he's like uh i don't remember direct quotes but he's basically saying that uh i've changed like i've uh it seems like you've changed too, and uh, he's like, "I'm on drugs. I'm on drugs now." So he even says, he's "Like, I'm an a- yeah. I have ADHD. <laughs> uh, I don't suck my thumb anymore." Um, no, Carrie, it's Perry that brings that up in front oh, of someone yeah. else, and that's what throws that off because Perry's like, "You still suck your thumb," and then like the person working at the Kinkos is like, "I feel awkward now." <laughs> Why is this adult talking to this teenager about sucking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then at the fi- so he goes back to the. Uh, debate finals, and then this one this kid that he's about to go up against like gets in his head. He's like, "Oh, you're a, you're on Ritalin. That's why you're so good at this." Uh, and then gets in his head, and so he uh, fucks up at the debate. It's uh, the first debate his dad attends. Oh yeah, and which of course uh, his dad shows up and he bombs it. Um, and then there's a scene where uh, Vince Vaughn calls like, "You've become a monster, Justin." Uh, yeah. Like what? <laughs> In what you're way? so glib what now. <laughs> you're too good at this. Um, <laughs> and uh, so then, uh, so he's basically, uh, now uh, Rebecca starts, uh, he reconnects with Rebecca. Uh, does he stop? He throw the pills out first? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he throws the uh, pills out. He reiterates the fact that they're like three molecules away from cocaine. To his parents, Quits debate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he seeks out Rebecca because she might do pots. So now he's on. Now he's doing pot. That's like, uh, and having sex. Like that's that's the new, the new thing for him. Uh, and sex is the part where it gets the closest to that uh, quirky, dark indie scene a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not really, but in terms of like, I was like, oh, he's constantly having his eyes closed. Yeah, it's, it's like, flirting oh, no, with that it's just, for sure. No. Uh, but it's, it's, but then yeah. it just becomes a torture metaphor, right? Like, why can't I see you? Like, get it? Do you get it? So it's deep, it's deep, Rob. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so yeah, so he she blindfolds, and then she reveals that because uh, basically she's using him. She's like, uh, I wanted to learn sex with a person that couldn't hurt me, uh, and he's like, that's kind of fucked up. Uh, and yeah, but he's like, at the same time, it's like it's not shaming her. It's like it, it makes sense. It's kind of sucks for him, but it's like you know. Shit's complicated, man. Like, as, as, as yeah, the, exactly. Like, it's a shitty thing to hear, but also, like, you should have had, like... I mean, I'm guessing, like, the idea is eventually has that thing where it's like, you know, we both got something out of this. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, it's like... That's what I appreciated about the movie, that it never 
really does go to a place where it's like this person's bad or this person yeah. like it's it's very much just like nope people are fucked up and we all have our weird uh hang-ups and uh so then uh he talks to his dad about again like i was thinking that my his mom having an affair and stuff and then he's like uh and then so his dad tells him that so like he gave up football because of an injury uh it's so these are some uh where he reveals to him that like Maybe I faked the injury so I could be with your mom. And, his, okay, this is where the unbreakable parallels come in. Yeah, exactly. I was doing the same thing. <laughs> because her name is Audrey. His wife's name is Audrey. Yeah. And he got injured and exaggerated it more because his wife didn't like football players. Yeah, but he didn't want to, like, leave her or create, like, a different life. He just wanted the life that they wanted together. Right. Just and it's literally unbreakable. Life. And it's, yeah. it's just funny to me that, like, even... It, it, which, which would be fine, but then it's, it's that... The fact that her name is Audrey is where it gets weird for me. But it's, it's, no, definitely. But it's like a funny moment though, because rewatching, I completely forgot like those two. I forgot like the fact that he faked it or that he blew it out of proportion, and that her name was the same. And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> it's like watching. I was like, that's really odd. And like, I don't think it, like I, maybe Mike Mills was like a huge Unbreakable fan, which would be kind of awesome. But uh, it just, but it just seems feels like, like a coincidence. Yeah, it's just the, <laughs> yeah. one of those funny coincidences. But. Uh, and then later or maybe night, it's like a well-known trope that we don't know about. It's like, no, if you have someone fake an injury, and their, their name spouse has to be named Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess it kind of like he's basically saying that he was willing to sacrifice his career for this, you know, for the woman. And but uh, so yeah, then he admits that he also suspects Audrey's having an affair. Um, yeah. And then uh, Justin sneaks into the rehab center to spy on his mom to see if she is indeed having an affair. <laughs> but then instead he just sees a picture of him with his trophy so that, he, oh, his mom's nice. Uh, and then yeah. he meets... No one with pictures of kids with trophies could have affairs. <laughs> no, he, she likes me, so that co- she couldn't possibly be having an affair. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Just learned this lesson, Justin. <laughs> uh, and then he meets... Uh, so then Matt Schramm, this... Celebrity that she's trying to. So Benjamin that's a great Bratt. name, by the way, Matt Schramm. That's great. That's an amazing celebrity name for sure. Because <laughs> no one would change their name from Schramm. If they're becoming <laughs> no, an no. Actor. I'm gonna ride the Schramm train all the way to Hollywood. Uh, and he, uh, so he's sneaking a smoke, and so they have a little heart to heart here, where he starts telling about uh, this great nurse that's helping my. Like, I see this weird kid sn- sneaking around my rehab center. I'm gonna have a heart to heart with him. Yeah. Um, as you do and it but it's it's but it's a good I mean as weird as that is it um, it gets to the heart of the movie where really it taps into the like in uh, the themes of the movie where it's he says something about uh, this is where the animal thing comes in where he says we're all mm. just scared little animals right uh, and so basically like this is how this nurse saved his life by uh, saving him when he for when his when a balloon burst in his ass you know Balloon full of heroin burst in his ass. And then he tried to get it out and then cut himself. Yep. Uh, with and a spoon. And, but then his, you know, then they show this scene with uh, Tilda Swinton saying about, you know, life with a teen, like, you know, raising a teenager where uh, they expect you're, you're supposed to have all the answers, but you don't have a single one. Yeah. Uh, and so this is just kind of the break where Justin's breakthrough moment where, uh, you know, no, my mom's not having an affair. She's just distant because she doesn't know what to do with a 17 year old as every parent deals with right. uh, and then he has a heart to heart Then the rest of the movie is basically him having a heart to heart with the rest of the with the other characters 
Yeah. Uh, so he has one with his brother, then he has one with his parents, and then he has one with his orthodontist, of course, which is a normal relationship. Yeah, again, as we all do, in our moments of doubt and uh, trying to search for answers, we all turn to our orthodontist. But, like... Our childhood orthodontist. Of course, <laughs> that we still go to. Um, and uh, because everyone has checkups years after they had braces. Uh, anyway, the... Uh, but these scenes are really good. Like, I think these yeah. are the... Where it... Uh, again, which is where he was able to really sell... Really tap... Really, I think he realized with this movie that his... You can set up these kind of weird situations, but you don't need to go weird. You can just be human. You can just have these uh, yeah. interesting people that you wouldn't expect to have conversations with. That's kind of his thing. Is like Yeah, like not everyone's gonna be Greg Racky, not everyone's gonna be David Lynch, whatever. You're not gonna have to have like these weird upon weird upon weird in the indie scene. You can just be like, no. As long as it's sincere, it'll come across. Right. And so these scenes with like the scene with his brother is like again it's it's real, it's raw feeling, it's got it's there's yeah. no easy answers. It's not like they're having sudden realizations where like Oh no, I I understand you completely. No, it's more like they have this real conversation of that a younger brother and a teenage brother is about to leave would have. Like it's, you know, you kind of suck, dude, but you're not terrible. You know, it's a yeah, it's a nice. It's an airing of grievances, but being like, but we're all like, we're all have issues. Does that recognition? But yeah, then he seeks out Keanu Reeves. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, and then there's even they have a line where like a deep line where you know he's like. our mom and dad are going to get a divorce? And he's like, they could never be apart. And he's like, but is that love? And, you know, it's like, yeah. deep, man. Deep conversation to have with your 12-year-old brother. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, deal with that. Although I do like the brother saying, that, like, do you ever consider that you are so weird that I have to be normal? Oh, yeah, that's great. Like, that's great. I like that. I like that. I, do, like, I was like, yeah, like, we've all had that circumstance where we're at something and someone we know is acting a certain way, so we have to completely overcompensate beyond our uh, regular... Yeah. behavior and I think that works really well so that's like, a wise ass 13 year old that he yeah exactly he's like yeah I know what's going on here I'm doing my best I know ex- yeah I I have to be more normal because you're weird <laughs> so shut the fuck up dude uh, <laughs> and so yeah Justin gets into NYU uh, and then these hard this scene with uh, again Tilda Swinton there's a reason she has Oscars uh, she's <laughs> really great here uh, the, the the scene with him where she's like Realizing that she just doesn't want to let her son go. It's basically the whole yeah. thing. It's like, uh, and there's this, but also this really heartbreaking line with uh, D'Onofrio where this is when you know, D'Onofrio is a big guy. And the fact that when he has these nuanced, sensitive performances is always impressive to me. Uh, yeah. And in this moment where he says like, uh, I was just getting used to you. Like that's a heartbreaking line. Like he's like, yeah. oh, my son's about to leave. And now, but I was just starting to like kind of. Like, we were starting to talk to each other as people and kind of working, finally, and then now you're out the door. And there's this really great shot of when he says that line where it's just, it, like, cuts behind a shelf, and so it's like we're just seeing him, uh, like, isolated. It's, that's a that's a good shot. Uh, yeah. And then so the final heart-to-heart is, of course, with his orthodontist. <laughs> uh, but this is, this is a, this is one of my, uh, it's funny, one of my other early, you know, great scenes of Keanu is, uh, in Parenthood, where he's like has this big, wise uh, speech, yeah. and this is another one of those where he like has the, the themes of the film are given to Keanu in one speech, and I have to yeah. respect that. 
Oh, definitely, yeah. It is like at this point, uh, Perry has now become essentially a nihilist. I'm guessing. Like yeah. <laughs> he started off with him uh, adopting like the hippie new age type stuff. He had like you know those wolf paintings everywhere and dream catchers and everything. And then he became kind of a yuppie, probably with accessories and still a nice office. Justin tracks him down in a different town, um, <laughs> and everything's all run like the office is run down. And Keanu Reeves, in between Logie and Justin's mouth, is just lighting up. It's like chain smoking. <laughs> and basically, he's like, yeah, life, what are you going to do? Everything's kind of crap. Yeah, he's, and it's, yeah, Justin's like, this place is kind of depressing. Uh, yeah, I like that he says that. He's like, uh, what's going on? Uh, but then, like, yeah, and then Keanu Reeves' slider says, you know, we all want to be problemless. Uh, like, the trick is leaving with it. But then he's got this line where he's like, uh, the trick is living without an answer. But then he just goes, I think so that's a great yeah uh, whatever he's like it's, I like that he gives this really you know deep and meaningful statement and then he's like but I really don't I don't know I'm a, I'm a fucking yeah. orthodontist what do you want he's like I've had a weird year too like this all has taken place over the course of probably less than a year so right, it's, like, it's a senior year through a lot so of like maybe nine may, yeah it, it even ends in the summer so it's basically nine months or less than nine months yeah so he's like, so clearly, like, check in with me in, like, another two months. I might have a different idea, so. I've had three major life changes, and I've moved to a different orthodontist office yeah. in the course of six months. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much, that's Thumbsucker. Uh, like I said, it's, I think it's worth looking out for. Uh, it's, it's, again, it's a 90-minute movie. It's, uh, Keanu, again, it's, it's very different than any Keanu movie I, you know, you can think of, and. Uh, again, the fact that it's a role that I couldn't see anyone else playing, and yeah, even or it's a role that I wouldn't expect Keanu to play either, to be honest. And it's uh, kind of one of those. It's it's an interesting indie blip that ha- wasn't a complete disaster, which is good to yeah, see. which is always a good thing. Um, the other thing is that the last shot though is when so he gets to NYU or he gets to New York City, and he starts like running through the streets, and I was just like, this is like Francis Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where did it go? And like, there's also been like a bunch of it's a lot of running through st- city streets in indie film, too. Yeah. I feel like that's a trope that needs to be seen. But, yeah, so that was just that moment. But, um, no, I think Keanu Reeves is exceptionally used in this. Like, because, like, as the new age, when he's in the new age mode, it's just really funny because it w- lines up with what you kind of think of as Keanu Reeves, especially coming off, like, Matrix and all this other stuff. Like that faux uh, profundity. Um, and then when he cleans up as become like the yuppie type, it's just really funny because he's kind of like just being like a passive aggressive dick to a teenager, which is always funny. Oh and yeah, and he's just like I just gives up, and he's just like a weird like like just defeated divorced dad who's just like I don't know, man. Well, and yeah, and his hair is like in the first is like is, is Justin modeling his yeah. hair his look after his orthodontist? Like, a, I mean, I get it. I would if I was <laughs> your orthodontist is Keanu Reeves, of course you are. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and so then the final scene is uh, he's having a dream uh, of like now he's being an anchor and everyone in the movie is looking at him being an anchor, but then it turns out that it's a dream and he wakes up on a plane sucking his thumb. But then the woman, like this, this girl next to him, sees him and instead of him being embarrassed about it, he's just like moves on and says, introduces himself. And so, like, this is now he knows what's fucked up about himself or what the weird thing about him and he's going to. Just deal with it, and that's kind of yeah. what the themes of the film are. Yeah, and it's basically there's no real resolution per se. It's not like a, now he's all set. It's more like he's going to keep trying his best, which is 
kind of like the I would say actually the overarching themes of all of Mike Mills movies which is like we all have issues and we're all trying our best just be nice to each other right and it's so it's kind of it's, it, again like it's we said this I'll re- reiterate that like it's it's an interesting thing to see from him and I like that it's his first kind of rough film but like that yeah. got him to a point where he realized what he excels at and uh, I can't wait to see more I, I'd honestly like to see uh, Keanu in another Mills movie that would be interesting to see that would be nice also made me think because because uh, Miranda July is Mike Mills' uh, wife. I was like, I really want to see Keanu Reeves in a Miranda July movie. <laughs> I feel like uh, you could use him so well, Miranda July. Everyone, you, yeah. If there's not, if there's a finer point on this of this series, <laughs> is that Keanu should work with every director, and that's agreed. Just, Absolutely. Uh, awesome. Thanks, Rob. Uh, do you, before you go, uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug of where people could find your goodness? Oh, um, yeah. Just uh, follow me, I guess, on Twitter. I write. Uh, reviews and other stuff around the net. But you can find it all on my Twitter, which is at uh, Neurotic Monkey. All one word. And thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Join me next time, where we'll be discussing the lake house. Until then, keeping excellent to each other. 